Hi, and welcome to the Future Proof Podcast. This is our monthly podcast where we talk about what we've been working on and what we're planning. I'm Gregory Avery Weir. And I'm Melissa Avery Weir. Today, we'll be chatting a bit about life cycle planning, which is an activity we've been doing lately that I think is, has been helpful for how we envision, like, how to run our projects. Mm-hmm. What we want our next work to be that we're that we're excited about, right? Instead of, you know, do we want to move to a new project? Is there stuff we want to touch on old projects? It's, it's hard to make those decisions when you have several games existing. Yeah, so we were thinking about pricing and how to handle sales on storefronts and mm-hmm. what how we schedule our projects and part of our research made us realize that this is a, a step of sort of general product management um mm. out even games or software projects or any sort of project yeah. um that we'd sort of been letting sit in the background and not doing a considered effort on and one thing that really inspired our current approach to it was an article from Crows, 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 which is the studio that did Dr. Langiskov and a mm-hmm. bunch of other cool games. Which I'll um, definitely link in the show notes. And they had a piece on launching games multiple times. Yeah. Which sounds weird, but but there's an, there's an old adage on that your game launch is the most important PR event. Like yes. people pay attention to the first time they hear about your game. Which is how we've always, we've, We've kind of worked under that model of centering the initial launch mm-hmm. of a game as as the most important time. And Crows, Crows, Crows points out that like not everyone heard of your game when you launched it. Right. And so to them, you can launch again for them. Like you yep. can you can say, oh hey, we've got a new version, or uh, we've got an event that relates to our game that we can talk about, or we're we've ported it to a new to a new platform, and mm-hmm. we can launch on that. And every time you do that, you can kind of have that you're you're gaining new eyes and mm-hmm. and new audience for it. Right. And so we've been thinking about that with relation to at first some of our older projects, and then we'll be hopefully moving forward on new projects with this in mind uh planned in advance yeah um rather than sort of going and backporting some of this yeah and i would say if it if that seems weird if you are a pc player especially who uses steam and you have seen news alerts from no man's sky yeah i think that is one of the most classic visible like immediate references that works for this idea of every time they do a major launch Oh, well, every time they do a major update, it is mm-hmm. a launch event. Yeah. It is, it gets a, you know, a banner on Steam. It gets, you know, PR done for it. Um, all sorts of journalists writing about how No Man's Sky has really uh, kept itself alive and all this stuff. Still too late or yeah, they've or, done great or yeah. <laughs> whatever. Um, and so I think that's that's evocative of the kind of thing we're looking at. And so, yeah, like like Greg said, it could be... You know, we do a translation, and there is suddenly a new, literally a new market of people mm-hmm. <laughs> who were perhaps not very good at playing English games, or at least not on mass, that have access to a game that's a launch. So the the first game that we did this for was I fell in love with Match Two Colors, the re-release, mm-hmm. and it was it's a game that is coming up on two years old. Oh my god. <laughs> and uh so the the original Flash game was a while back, but this this is this remastered version came out uh February of 2018. Yep. And so one of the 
sort of we've noted down a bunch of potential launch events, but one sort of PR milestone that we can use as as a way to get more eyes on our work is the two year anniversary. Mm-hmm. And we've had a bunch of mostly real little tasks that have sort of been building up that we wanted to work on for for Majesty of Colors. Mm-hmm. We don't have like we think the game's done. Like we don't want to add yeah. new modes or like a new chapter in the story. Right. Yeah. Um, like but d- design wise, it's done. But there were definitely things like when we were play testing, even you know well before the game's release, there were things people wanted to do in the game or they tried to do in the game that we were like, well, we're not. This isn't going to make it into the initial release. We noted it down, and that and a few other things have just kind of been sitting for a while. Yeah, so there's some bugs. There's mm-hmm. some things that are just like, I want to be able to mess with this little bit of it, and that won't yeah. like open up a new branch of story, but it might be another way to get to a, to a different part in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're, we're working on what we think right now is a totally manageable scope for a release sometime around the two-year anniversary. That might be end of February. It might be a little later. Um, but that is exciting. And then we've been chatting some about additional later stuff we can do that'll, that'll help yeah. Yeah. open it up to new people. Um, so it's kind of an exciting way to think about our games, particularly something like Majesty, where it's like it's a small game. It's hard to think of, or if you're like told to sit down and think of what you would add to this game or what you would say about this game. It gets to be difficult, especially around the two-year mark. Um, And so this is a cool opportunity for that. And we've also looked at Rosette Diceless, which is hitting its two-year mark in July of 2020. Bless its heart. And we've, you know, we've, that book has been alive. That's been, um, we've been playing it, of course, in our own game. It's a tabletop role-playing game Mm -hmm. with, with diceless consent-based mechanics. Yep. Or LARP, if one wishes. Yes. Um, and we wrote a post recently, um, Greg wrote a post about our home game and kind of how, what it's like and how it's structured. And so over the last couple of years, you know, we've, um... We've learned a lot about how to play it. We've written some supplemental pieces. We've come up with a few other things that we think would benefit the game, but that are not core to the game's um, design. Yeah, it's not like we don't have a new edition of right. Rosette Diceless in mind, exactly. or like, let's add a chapter to it. Mm-hmm. And it's not even really like errata, necessarily. Yeah. Um, so it's it's this kind of like, it's a supplemental space. So what we're looking at doing is releasing a small book of supplemental materials. So it's going to be kind of a combination of what's currently up on the site as far as supplemental materials, some exclusive stuff, some new, new traits, new materials, things like that. And it's kind of, again, much like with the Majesty of Colors, it's one of those things that's like, these are some ideas that have been percolating a couple of them involve some design around maybe how experience points are used. Just ideas like this that have been bubbling around that seem like a good second anniversary sort of thing also. Yeah. And if you're a fan of like Dungeons and Dragons, you can sort of think of it sort of like a player's handbook too. Yeah. Or, or that adds extra options. Yeah. Um, but probably not like... Scaled down for sure. <laughs> yeah. Not that scale. Probably mm-hmm. not very expensive or right. maybe we're still figuring out if we want if we want to charge for it mm-hmm. what sort of additions we want to charge for right but yeah just a convenient way of saying like here's all the new stuff compiled plus mm-hmm. some some of the stuff that that we haven't that we think would be useful for folks who are 
interested in continuing to play it and some typesetting so folks can can have yeah our... <laughs> yeah so that it's not so that it's not a web page that right. you're getting these these rules from it's a it's matches the rest of the book or the original book yeah and part of that part of this whole thing has also been like stepping back right taking a, a bit of a, a ten thousand foot view here and saying like we've released rosette diceless mm-hmm. we've talked about we have three other books in the works at yeah. various points over the life of our talking to you the listener yeah and that's Um, just rosette books and that's just rosette exactly so three books that were intended to involve dice and then diceless which does not and we've released one of those four and Mm -hmm. so we know that when we say like financially fiscally like role-playing books are not a profitable business to be in so we haven't done those other three in part because we know that it's it's a choice, right? Like it's a passion project, which yeah. is just the, you know what? I hate that phrase. All, all uh, projects should all be projects passion projects. Right, exactly. Um, so forgive my, forgive that. But yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, if, if we do it, it's not going to be the like most profitable right. choice, but also it will be nice to get those off our plate. Exactly. Like we've got most of these books written. Yep. And we can finish them and have them out there and have them be a thing that people can mm-hmm. can experience and check out. And part of the business-oriented like thinking of that is like there's this idea of having this this collection of yep. stuff that people can check out. Where if you know maybe someone plays the Majesty of Colors, here's we've got a tabletop system, and it's mm-hmm. like I want to check that out. Right. And it gives opportunities for people to support us and and helps like expand the sort of things we have on offer to folks exactly and so when we when we took that step back and looked at like okay so what does diceless look like at the two-year mark it was also do we still consider diceless to be part of a portfolio of four books mm-hmm. or is it alone part of a, just the larger portfolio of, of future proof games games <laughs> yeah um and the answer is kind of like no it's still part of that set of four like we still yeah. want to do that set of four and so we're going back and taking a look at that system the diced system uh the one the one with the dice one of the things we're going to be talking about is how do we name these so that it's clear it doesn't sound silly (laughs) and so it's it's sparked a lot of creativity on things that have felt onerous in some regards Mm -hmm. because facing facing how to handle those books um has been something that we've wanted to do but it's complicated because money and we can at least take an artistic view to it again yeah. And make decisions based on that, which is really awesome. Yep. So no concrete plans on Rosette Diceless except for the supplemental material that we hope to release again sometime around the, the two year anniversary. And another sort of legacy thing that we've done <laughs> that, that is of. is a little less uh life cycle and more just sort of maintaining old projects is um since Adobe Flash is gonna sunset near the end of twenty twenty and is already not really available in a lot of browsers Mm -hmm. we've been sort of feeling heartburn for a while about the fact that some of my old flash games that are currently on futureproofgames.com because we consider them sort of part of the the family of of works um they weren't really easily available right and so we packaged them up and put them in what's called a flash projector which basically makes it an executable for for computers Mm -hmm. um that doesn't have to run in the browser and so um we've got four titles that are now 
downloadable. They're on itch.io. You can go to our website and, and get links to them. And it's, it's The Majesty of Colors, the original Flash version. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's How to Raise a Dragon. It's... Silent Conversation. Yep. And Exploit. Yep. The original Exploit. Um, so if you want to play those again or play them for the first time, you mm-hmm. can now download them for free. I mean, you can... I think they're pay what you want on itch if oh, you want to yeah. <laughs> toss us a few bucks. Uh, and yeah, check those out. It's kind of awesome to have those all tidy up and not have to worry so much about like what flash is doing and what random yep. version of what browser mobile whatever they're available again we know they're safe and we can like show them in a more modern form <laughs> factor yep yep so yeah so you can find those games and all the rest of our stuff at futureproofgames.com uh, if you want to follow us on twitter you can go to play futureproof we're on facebook too futureproof games and uh, if you've got any questions for us, if you've got suggestions or comments, uh, hit us up at any of those places or by writing info at futureproofgames.com. Our theme music is Juparo by Broke for Free and is available under a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license. Mm-hmm.